Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we offer you soulful and candid sex advice covering every facet of human sexuality. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com for the full podcast archive, and while you are there, be sure to sign up for our free online course, The Erotic Essentials, so you can get started transforming your own erotic experience tonight. PleasureMechanics.com slash free is where you'll find it. Big thanks to our sponsor for this episode, CloneAWilly.com. CloneAWilly.com offers DIY at-home kits to make a beautiful silicone replica of your favorite genitals, your own, your lovers, your neighbors. No, that's awkward. (laughs) Go to CloneAWilly.com and use the code PLEASURE for 20% off your entire order. And we'll be telling you more about those good folks later on in this episode. Big thanks also to the over 150 of you who have already completed our podcast listener survey. Go to pleasuremechanics.com slash survey to participate. We are loving hearing what you have to say about this show. It is very humbling and exhilarating to hear your thoughts on our work and how we are reaching you and affecting your lives. And if you participate, pleasuremechanics.com slash survey, it takes about five minutes and you can sign up to win one of two amazing prizes. The first prize package is over $350 of sex toys from our friends at babeland.com. And another winner will get an all access pass to the Pleasure Mechanics courses. So please come over to pleasuremechanics.com slash survey and participate in our five minute podcast listener survey. It is a huge help for us and perhaps you will win a prize package of your dreams. All right, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about genital worship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. <laughs> what does this mean? It is a fetish that is actually quite common. Um, but as I like to think about it, this is one of those fetishes that we can use as a gazing pool. We can use the most extreme version of this fetish to think about what this experience brings up in all of us, what it could offer us, how we can learn about our own sexuality and body image through this conversation of genital worship. So this episode was inspired when I put out to our Patreon members, so our monthly supporting members on Patreon at patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics. All of these links, by the way, are in the show notes. So if you are driving, just go to the show notes after you're done parking and all of these links to our sponsors, to the survey, to everything we talk about will always be in the show notes page. On Patreon, one of our listeners suggested a topic, and the way he suggested it just made me realize how much there is to talk about. So Charlotte's going to get us started by reading his quick suggestion for the topic, and then we will dive into the topic of genital worship, cock worship, vulva worship. What is this? What does it look like? And what is the small takeaways we can all benefit from? All right. So our patron suggested, 
Can you do an episode on genital worship? I fantasize about this often, generously lavishing the genital area with attention, stimulation, and love. Everyone loves to feel like a king or queen and that the world revolves around their sexual satisfaction. Hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but do they? But do they? So genital worship at its basic is a form of fetish that focuses on worshiping the genitals. This is a subcategory of a larger category called body worship. Body worship can involve the whole body. Sometimes people focus on muscle worship. So some people really love worshiping big muscly bodies. Other people focus on feet and really wanna worship the feet. So different people come to strongly fetishize specific areas of the body or specific types of bodies. Um, and then genital worship is focusing all of that attention and energy on the genitals of your partner usually. Um, I don't know if there's self-genital worship, there probably should be, um, but usually it is one person lavishing attention, praise, stimulation, and lots and lots of attention on another person's body, genitals, feet, whatever is specifically being focused on. So genital worship, the word worship, I just wanna go right there. I know we have listeners of a lot of different faiths and the word worship is a very big word to use in connection with sex, right? Worship means to revere, to give praise, to put on a pedestal above yourself, right? When we worship something, we um, often take a subordinate position to it, and usually this is reserved for the divine, right? For God, for our deities. No matter what faith you are, the practice of worshiping is to give praise and power to a higher being. So what does it mean when we bring this energy to the genitals? And this might be especially triggering for people of faith who the genitals have been debased and degraded. So the idea of bringing reverent, worshipful attention to something as lowly as the genitals might be a real mind trip for some people. And this is perhaps where we can begin, right? What does it mean in our cultural context to have the desire to and then put into practice the act of worshiping and praising and loving the genitals so fully and do all of these activities and um, gestures of worship to put praise on the genitals. Where do we go with just that idea? Um, and we'll talk about, you know, the nitty gritty and what it looks like and how to do it, how to put this into like small practice in your life. But I think I want to start at just how transgressive the idea of worshiping genitals is in a culture where most of us can barely bring ourselves to look at our genitals, smell our own genitals, taste our own genitals, have someone else look at them in the full light of day. That feels edgy enough, let alone worship them. Right, and when you just named uh, lowly genitals, quote unquote, I just want to name that you were, you were, you were talking about them 
that way because culture talks about them that way. Yeah. You don't necessarily think that. Clearly. I think that's obvious, <laughs> but I just wanted to name that that isn't how we think about genitals. Well, okay, so in this conversation, um, well, yeah, and that's good to notice. You can't see our air quotes all the time, and in the survey feedback, there were some moments, and I'll talk about it, where I think sometimes there's confusion about what we are saying versus what we are suggesting the culture believes, so I will try to make that more clear. But yeah, so our culture hates genitals. What are all of our offensive words? Asshole, cocksucker, motherfucker you know, all of our curses are genital or sexually related. Um, We do not revere genitals. We do not see them. Some would say we worship the phallus in some way, but I don't think so. I think we make just as many degrading jokes and take as many blows at the penis as we do the vulva. Um, But what does it mean to approach the genitals with reverence? This is a huge, huge switch of attitude um, that even if we can take small steps towards it can be hugely liberating right and so when I was 23 I was thinking about this word reverent and one of my email addresses is reverent sex at dot 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 and this was my email address I chose when I was like 23 and just stepping into this field and this was my first business name was reverent sex And in declaring that, that doesn't mean I am at the place of revering and worshiping the body, the genitals, the sexuality. It means I am trying to do the work of bringing more reverence to this subject. And when we think about what the genitals do for us, and just going to the reproductive function, if you want to start there, the ability to make life the ability to bring us so much pleasure, the fact that our sexuality creates so much bonding and unifies us with strangers, really. It's how we create family and connection and kinship is through sexual energy. And so if we look at what genitals do for us, how can we not be reverent? Mm. How can we not feel extreme awe for what they are able to gift us and our connections with others? That's a beautiful way of framing it. And some people say this was the first religion. Some people say genital worship was the first form of religion. And there are cave paintings and stone sculptures that indicate there were early forms of revering the genitals. I really resist kind of going back in history and saying, well, way back then they, you know, were all sex positive and worshiped the genitals and had sex in temples and worshiped the goddess. Like, it's really easy to project ideas and fantasies onto the past, especially when so much of our history was systematically destroyed um, by sex negative religions. our legacy has been lost, our lineage was broken. So I think it's more important to look towards the future and kind of assess where we are now as a culture with our genitals and where do we want to be? What is the right relationship with how we think and feel about our genitals? And for most of us, if we inventory how we feel now, Some of us might be in a neutral position. Some of us may be in a place of loving them and really like having that reverence for our own and our other lover's body. 
most of us, and I'm going to include myself in this camp, are still in a process of undoing the baggage, undoing the lessons, the violence, the trauma, and coming to a place just of love and neutrality with our bodies, with our genitals specifically. So taking on this idea of genital worship, when our dear, lovely patron was like, wouldn't everyone love to be the center of genital worship kind of attention? Wouldn't everyone like to feel like the king or queen for the day and the whole world revolves around their sexual satisfaction? For a lot of people, that would make them freak the fuck out. (laughs) That would be the scariest proposition in the world. And so I want to acknowledge that and suggest that all of us can inch towards a place of reverence for the human body, genitals and anus included. Yeah, any small step we take towards that goal is a victory and should be celebrated. And I think that most people are going to move slowly towards this 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 goal of reverence and celebration of all things genital. Some people will be able to take an enormous leap as they shed shame and it just feels like it's easy to make this enormous shift, but most people will move slowly and just know that that is okay and that is totally reasonable and it's fabulous that you're moving in a direction of undoing shame and moving towards more reverence. So what does this look like? We'll paint the picture of a full genital worship scene and then start way at the beginning and work our way towards this. So a full genital worship scene, some people layer in power play, right? So the person being worshiped is the dominant, the person doing the worship is a submissive, and it's more of this, I worship you because you are so much greater than I, you are a goddess or a queen or the king, or you kind of assign a power dynamic into that worshiping. Other people, it's more of a just attending to, a lavishing with pleasure, a pampering energy. And it doesn't have so much of that submission, prostration, I'm groveling at your feet for the privilege of touching you stuff. For some people it does, right? So what it kind of, how you wanna take that energy is one thing. But for most people, this will involve a long prolonged session of pampering, luxuriating, and focusing attention. And usually that will start with the whole body, so some sort of bathing or grooming ritual, some sort of massage or full body oiling, perhaps adornment, um, and then perhaps focusing all of that attention into the genitals and long, like lavishing it with inch by inch kisses and licks and praise and hours upon hours perhaps of focused praise, attention, stimulation at the genitals as if it were an altar, Mm. as if it were the holiest thing in the world. And for some people, it's a spiritual thing. So as they worship the vulva, they worship the divine feminine. And they are using this one vulva to stand in for all of the feminine energy in the world, all of the vulvas that ever were, and praising something bigger through this act of genital worship. 
for other people, it's just a purely sensual, physical thing of really getting lost in the act of praise and worship of a vulva. Um, and the sensations. Well, so that's the receiving end. So, right, so the giver is just completely focused on praising, worshiping, lavishing with whatever kind of sensation and attention those two people agree upon. And it can have verbal components, physical components, spiritual components, but that's the core of it. Um, So what does the person receiving this attention do? We'll talk a little bit more about this and how to get there, but their job really is just to be worshipped. Usually in this dynamic, there's not a whole lot of back and forth. It can be a deeply meditative experience. They might just go fully into their sensations, maybe into like a meditative trance state. Um, But for the receiver, I think you have to be in a place of being willing to receive so much attention. And this is the rub for most of us. I think most of us could project ourselves into the role of giver in this scenario. Given the right person and the right context, most of us would love the opportunity just to be in the act of pampering and giving pleasure and praise to someone we love. I think. I think for most people, the receiving is the hard thing. I think it's 50-50 and totally depends on your personality and what's easiest for you. I was feeling like it would be easier for some people to receive than to give. Mm -hmm. I think it really just depends. I think we're all wired slightly differently and one one side feels easier than the other. Mm. So take this moment to reflect for yourself. If we were to invite you into a genital worship kind of scenario, and if the word worship is the rub for you and you're a Christian or very devout and like the idea of worshiping can't enter this, then just replace it with genital praise or genital love or focus of attention or whatever you want. But (laughs) if you were to be invited into this scenario, which role would be easier for you? Mm. Where would your interest be? Could you lie back and receive prolonged attention for an hour? Um, Sometimes I think about the scenes in things like Game of Thrones where the queens are being pampered and step into a bath and then beautiful golden oil is anointed all over their body. And um, could you embody that? Could you step into this role of I am the most perfect, beautiful specimen of divine humanity ever? treat me as such like what does that bring up for you (laughs) so this is the the gazing pool of this fetish that i like um so i think what this starts with is self-care right so this whole process whether giving or receiving whatever felt right to you there um the first step here is being comfortable with your own genitals, being comfortable with your own body. And when self-care is a big buzzword nowadays, we've been talking about it for 10 years. How we like to think about it is, can you treat yourself with the same kindness and care as you do your loved ones? Can you treat yourself with the same respect as you do your partner, your best friend? And for most of us, that answer is like far from hell yes our inner voice is far more critical than we would ever say out loud to a friend. 
And so if you are in a place where you don't want to touch your own genitals, you don't want to look at your own genitals, you feel ashamed of your genitals, you don't want your partner to look at them, this is where you start, is self-care, is self-love, and integrating your genitals with the rest of your body. Um, that's where it starts for a lot of people. And those tiny steps can make a huge difference, not only in your sex life and how much pleasure you can feel, but how confident you feel out in the world. Um, and this tie between sexual confidence and being out in the world is something we will explore in the future. But I think when we have an integrated sense of self and there's not this part of us that we think is gross and smelly and ugly and dirty and wrong and sinful, how can we walk around with that being part of us and be our best self to our family, in our workplace, in our communities of faith, wherever? Um, so as we integrate our sexuality, as we accept our genitals, as we become more whole in our sexuality, we can become more whole beings. This is a great moment to stop and thank a sponsor for this episode. This is a new sponsor to the show and we are thrilled to have them on board. Big thanks to TakeCareOf.com. At TakeCareOf.com you can build a personalized supplement and vitamin pack with your name on it to take every day as a little moment of self-care. You sit down and take a beautifully designed and fun quiz. They ask you about your health goals and your lifestyle. And as Charlotte and I took it side by side, we noticed that there are some things we have in common. And there are some things where we really have very different bodies and very different needs. And so as we took this quiz, it personalized our vitamin regimen just to what we need. So it asks you questions like, are you getting enough sleep? Or are you training for the marathon? How much fish do you eat every month? And after we took the quiz, TakeCareOf.com gave us a suggested regimen. We were able to add or take things away, customize it to our own needs, and then hit the button and voila, voila. Voila. <laughs> a beautiful box of personalized supplement regimen is on its way to your door with your name on it. Go to TakeCareOf.com and use the code PLEASURE for 25% off your order. That's TakeCareOf.com. Use the code PLEASURE for 25% off your order. And use this first month as an experiment. What happens when you build in this one act of self-care into your day, taking some nourishing supplements to help your body? Can you springboard from that into more daily practices of self-care? Could that be a beautiful catalyst for a healthier relationship with your whole body? Perhaps. Go to TakeCareOf.com, use the code PLEASURE for 25% off. And big thanks to Careof for sponsoring this episode. All right, so if we are at the point where we're pretty comfortable with our own genitals, we're feeling confident, we can now start sharing our genitals more with our lover. And this is where I think it can get fun integrating small elements of genital worship into your sex. You don't have to have this fetish to benefit from it. Just like some people are into extreme bondage and that's really their top, top turn on. 
other people just like being tied to the bedpost once in a while or held down. That's a form of bondage. So we can take little elements from different fetishes and use them to enhance what we already enjoy. And that doesn't mean you have to go to the extreme and be treated like the Queen of Sheba. So what are some ways we might worship one another's genitals more? I think this attitude of genital shame and slight disgust enters how we touch and play with our lover's genitals more than most of us want to admit. If somewhere in us we think penises are kind of gross and ejaculate is a little disgusting, then playing with it can almost feel like a dirty chore that we need to get over. And we hear this from guys, like my wife treats sex with me like a chore, or is disgusted when she sees my erection in the morning, or my husband never wants to really go down on me because he says it smells, like we get these emails all the time. So we need to heal this relationship for ourselves and then with our lover's genitals, and this just comes mostly with <laughs> diving in, I want to say enjoying the genitals with more curiosity. So not rushing through a blowjob, really taking the time to look at the penis in all forms, soft to hard, looking at the balls. Like what would it feel like to look at your lover's genitals as if for the first time, as if you've never seen them before and you're like, wow, what is this? <laughs> What is this? What is it capable of? What happens when I push these buttons? Like, what, how do we have that childlike enthusiasm and curiosity again? Um, and approaching your lover with that and allowing your lover to approach you with that. Like, can you just lie back and relax as your lover explores your folds and lifts your genitals and shines a light on them? What does that bring up? And then we can bring in the praise. What does praise look like here? It means verbal praise. This is so beautiful to me. Oh, I love how the skin is changing color as you get aroused. Um, the musk of your odor turns me on so much. What is your authentic praise? How do you actually feel about these genitals that you are blessed to be with? Um, and then touch. Reverent touch, which is another email address of mine. It's reverent sex and reverent touch. Um, reverent touch. How do we touch as if we are praising the body? And that was an email address for mine because when I did massage work, that was my underlying goal is that every body I touch felt revered, felt worshipped, felt celebrated. So going beyond feeling safe under my hands, how do you feel as if my touch is celebrating your very existence? <sighs> and this might not change the mechanical looks of how you touch. It might not change your activities. But as we know, attitude and intention changes how touch feels. It feels differently to be kissed uh, passionately than it does to feel kissed just, you know, functionally. It feels differently to be touched on the shoulder with love and affection than it does with, you know, your coworker being like, yeah, I'm proud of you, buddy, right? How we touch matters, and that's the intention behind the touch, not so much the physical act. 
And so if you bring the intention of reverence and worship and praise into your lovemaking, how will that be felt? And this might feel actually very vulnerable to go together because it's going to bring up new things. I, yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking? I remember doing so many thousands of massage mm -hmm. sessions and... Would what, you say that reverence was a major underlying factor? Absolutely. I mm -hmm. definitely feel like there was an element of cock worship in the erotic massage that I offered. And there's this way, because it becomes impersonal, in a way I'm touching so many bodies that you see the similarities, you see the differences, you see the magnificence of the cock. And it's it does become sort of universal. So mm -hmm. it is a particular experience where I felt like you get to honor what the cock is and what it stands for and how central it is to men's bodies. And I think there's a way that men really crave this kind of touch and this kind of reverence. We do live in a culture that is as obsessed with hard penises, right? We are so, we are literally obsessed that we don't give any space for cocks to be any other way. But I think when men are in that state to be honored truly for that part of their bodies, as well as it being integrated into the rest of their bodies, I think is really healing for men in this way that perhaps we never articulate and that men don't articulate until they experience it. Mm -hmm. And then there's a feeling of wholeness mm -hmm. where they, through your touch and your attention, they get to feel an integration between their mind, their body, their heart and their cock. And I want to highlight something because in your erotic massage practice, so Charlotte did professional erotic massage for several years, gave thousands of men erotic massage, you did not do two-way touch. Correct. And so as you were raising their erotic energy, as their cock was getting hard, there was nothing for them to do but enjoy it. There was nothing for them to do but be in their body, be in their arousal. And that is hugely liberating for men because mm. it wasn't arousal so they had to perform mm. or so they had to prove something to you or so they had to show you what a good lover they were. Mm, like right. You had very little to do with it. Yeah. And that's what surprises guys in this state. And that's why you could give them a beautiful erotic massage as a gorgeous feminine woman in lingerie. And I could give them an erotic massage as a fat butch woman that they would never be attracted to out on the street and give them an equally powerful experience because it was about their arousal and being in their body and integrating their arousal into their own core identity and not for someone else. It's not performance-based arousal. And that is a huge liberation for men. And I think for women too, we just don't think about this picture as much. And so meanwhile, while you were giving all these erotic massages to men, I was working primarily with women, primarily with survivors of trauma. And in our sessions, that integration didn't maybe look as like fiery and passionate. But it was like, here is your vulva, here is your heart, here is your anus, here is how it all fits together, right? And as I touch you here, feel me here. And so it's, 
it's again this opportunity to have one-way touch and this is core to the genital worship experience is the one-way touch the focus on one person's experience the raising of arousal and sensation in one person's body with nothing to do nowhere to perform no expectations no goals just for its own experience just to receive the sensation and to accept them and to enjoy them and I think when you were giving those experiences to women's bodies there is bringing the bringing your kind loving gentle presence to those parts of the body is what I think allowed them to integrate those parts uh, more fully. Right. It's really just about bringing attention and presence and being with you. Right, so presence is everything, and that's what we were talking about, the intention, the attitude, and that's the core of the genital worship experience, is it's that attitude, the presence, the showing up for, like, this is the most important thing in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. You this- have my full attention. I am undistracted and I am honored. I am honored to be serving you. And delighted and in awe and... I think we have to come out as like we are members of the genital worship tribe. Like, I don't think we've ever named this for ourselves, but I think we are secret genital worshippers. <laughs> well, when you Maybe talk- it's not so much a secret. But. Yeah, no, I think that it influences everything we do. Because I think we can also... Once you get used to doing this with the genitals, and you can't help but do this with the rest of the body. And, right. you know, a wrist and an elbow is also just as divine, right? But I think we can't do it the other way around. Like, if you honour the rest of the body but don't honour the genitals, you don't necessarily bring all of that reverence to the genitals. But once you've honoured the genitals, the rest of the body is already inherently sacred. Boom. Boom. So, <laughs> yes. All right. So... We can bring this attitude into everything we do. Um, And this reverence for the body, I think, is core to it. And this is a perfect opportunity (laughs) to talk about our other sponsor for this episode, Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly.com offers you an at-home experience unlike any other. You get a beautifully designed DIY kit using the highest quality body safe materials to make a silicone replica of your genitals. (laughs) There are Clona Willy kits available in beautiful range of colors, even glow in the dark. There are Clona Pussy kits where you get to make a beautiful replica of the external vulva, the labia, the clitoris. And then you are left with this beautiful silicone replica of your favorite genitals. And yes, you could put this in a sacred position in your home. You could put this on your altar as an act of genital worship, or you can put it in your bedside table as a fun toy or memento to have. Clonawilly.com, use the code pleasure for 20% off. And this experience is a form of genital worship, right? And it's fun and it's silly and it's a little bit messy, but you are lavishing attention and time and energy on praising or at least celebrating, at least enjoying At least being curious about. Yes. So clonawilly.com, use the code PLEASURE for 20% off. Bring this experience into your home. You can do it alone or with a partner and see what it brings up for you. We just got a big box from Clonawilly on our doorstep. And so we will be doing this experience along with you and enjoying it. 
And I think it's a really fun opportunity to have an unforgettable experience with your genitals. All right, so clonawilly.com, use the code PLEASURE for 20% off. Okay, so genital worship. I hope by now we have illustrated some of the potential of this practice, what it could look like, and some people will take this to the extreme and give their partner experiences of really being pampered from full body bathing to grooming to adornment to massage and then ending with a prolonged erotic massage genital worshiping experience and other people will integrate little pieces of this and even if you can just find the attitude of reverence for sex somewhere in your heart and then follow that see where that leads what changes when we decide to be reverent towards sex and the body and the body and what it's capable of and what it brings us right so I think this is not just like worshiping the genitals for a big hard cock or a sexy labia like this is not just physical it's something about the genitals as part of our body and what it is a portal to it's a portal to pleasure to ecstasy but it's also a portal to connection and kinship and belonging and that deserves reverence and i think that in the future i don't know if religions can survive being as sex negative as they were in the past i mm -hmm. think the time for using sexual oppression as a tool of power is past um, i think we're in a moment of the power of eroticism is returning to the people at last. This is getting really esoteric. But I think, I hope that this can be compatible with various faiths. Because all faiths, and most faiths, recognize on some level the sanctity of life, the sanctity of giving life, the, the beauty of the union, however that is named. Um, and I think that will only expand to recognize the sanctity of the body, of love, of radical love that extends beyond our individual partners and families, but to our communities. And reverence for sex, I think, is part of the future of humanity. And we're going to move past just being sex positive. That was a reaction to being sex negative. Being sex positive isn't enough. We need to be reverent about sex because when we're reverent about something, we don't misuse it. Mm. We don't abuse it. And we certainly don't degrade it. And you can be sex positive, quote unquote, and still um, behave as if sex is, is degrading and debasing and kind of that pornographic model where it's about using other people as objects for your own gratification. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the highest form of praise, reverence, respect for the power of sexuality. And when you live with that in your heart, you treat sexuality differently. And we need to start mapping out what that looks like. And it comes with a whole lot of respect and compassion and empathy for other human beings. Um, and I think we'll just continue to articulate what it means to be reverent of the power of sexuality, to really return it to its rightful place as something to be honored and respected and treated as a sacred force in this world. 
Beautiful. And it's so important that we feel that way about the body first and then it goes out into sexuality. Like, it, hmm. it, I don't think that... Can we find it through sex and then map it onto the rest of the body? Oh. I think that's what I did. Oh, interesting. Like, another person can help you feel that way about your own body and see what's possible and then you begin to experience your body in that way. Yeah, or for me, you know, my body was in so much pain. I was so disassociated from my body. I hated my body. My body betrayed me. Like, I didn't have a good relationship with my body, but I really liked sex. Mm. And I was compelled by the power of sexuality and what I noticed about the power of sexuality. And my first positive sexual experiences were the first place I found self-love. It was like, oh, if I can feel an orgasm like this, and this was true even like through my childhood while I was being abused, there was so much pain. I was in a very unsafe household. Masturbation was my refuge. Mm. And it was kind of a lifeline. Like I masturbated to feel good <laughs> and to feel some internal space where I was safe. Mm. And then when I like found that I could have sex with another person, and feel good and feel safe I was like oh this is possible mm. and then my heart opened and I started healing and was able to feel safe and connect with people in other ways mm. um, and only now and through disease and through my body going through such a ringer in the past few years like I just am really starting like full body self-love integration I think mm. I think this is a whole nother chapter for me so I don't know if it has to start body and then sexuality. Mm. For some people, sexuality will be a doorway into loving and respecting the rest of their body. Thank you. That is so interesting. Hmm. I guess there's so many different pathways always. Mm. <laughs> but where are you going? So what does body into sex mean? That there's a process of loving one's own body um, so that then you can bring your full self to your sex and then the sex can feel more reverent. Mm. Um but that mm -hmm. it's through caring and loving for oneself first mm -hmm. that we can access those that range of feeling. and. Mm -hmm. I say start where it's easy. Mm. What part of yourself do you love? Them? Like, what part of you deserves to be worshipped? From your opinion. We know that there are people who <laughs> are so critical about themselves, right? But, but can you find that? Is it your kindness? Is it your perseverance? Is it your intellect? Is it your humor? Is it your fabulous ass? Is it, is it your powerful legs? Is it the fact that you can hike 100 miles? Like, what, what is your superpower? What is the best part of your humanity that you could stand in front of another person and say praise this mm. praise this because this is part of me and once we start praising parts of ourselves we can then start praising our whole being and that includes our flaws that includes our weaknesses and we can kind of see how we are each a beautiful this is getting imperfect. really spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful, imperfect being, and that's enough. Yeah. Perfection is not a realistic uh, goal, but acceptance of our full humanity and flawed selves is is the ultimate. Yeah. And you know, it's like I was I was reflecting um, as I was taking care of Chester, my massage teacher, as he was dying from brain cancer, he was a physical mess. He had big hole in his head where pus was opening up and he was swollen on steroids and half paralyzed and falling out of his wheelchair in seizures. And his body was dying. Like he was a complete wreck. 
And we lived for nine months in a sacred space of reverence. Mm. And it was reverence for the dying process, too. And it was reverence for the mystery of what happens when you take out a chunk of your brain and you wake up at 52 years old and don't remember the alphabet and can't walk. How do we approach that place with reverence and awe and love? And that's how I took care of him. And I knew that because he had taught me that in massage. Right. And that also changed the way I made love. Right. Like respecting and being reverent of the body in all of its state. And it's also what allowed me to survive my disease as I was able to stay in a place of honoring where my body was. And so this isn't just about the orgasm and the genital worship. Right. It's it's about an attitude that we can bring to how we treat ourselves and our partners bodies in bed, out of bed, in illness, in health, in the highest state of arousal, and at the edge of death. That is eroticism for me. That is where sexuality lives, is how we treat one another and ourselves. So, genital worship. <laughs> got a little more than you asked for with cock worship there. But I'd love you to take away from this episode is think for yourself... What role in this could you play? What would be easiest for you? Could you allow yourself to be praised and worshipped? What parts of yourselves are worshipful worthy? <laughs> worship worthy? <laughs> and what parts of yourself still need some more love, some more praise, some more integration to feel worthy of such attention, to feel worthy of such love? Let's go there together. All right. And what would... And if you were going to take one step beyond that, what would feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it, uh, but edgy, but that you feel like you could try and experiment with, yeah. what solo and partnered would feel doable, but a stretch? Mm -hmm. And Explore are you open to ex exploring it? Mm -hmm. All right. Big thanks to our sponsors, cloneawilly.com and take careof.com. Use the code pleasure for big generous discounts on both of those sites. The URLs will be in the show notes. And if you are interested, please come over to pleasuremechanics.com slash survey and share your thoughts on this podcast. Tell us what we are doing right and how we can serve you better and leave your email address if you want to be entered to win one of two fabulous prizes. $350 of sex toys sound good. Access to all of the Pleasure Mechanics courses sound good. Five minutes of your time, pleasuremechanics.com slash survey. And we are super grateful for the feedback. We are reading each and every response and we will start sharing some takeaways with you as the weeks go on. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening, for trusting us, for bringing us into your world, for sharing your stories with us. Um, and as we bring on more sponsors, just a quick reminder, you can get an ad free version of this podcast, bonus episodes, bonus resources, and direct access to us for as little as a dollar a month, <laughs> which sounds kind of silly right now, but for as little as a dollar a month, come over to patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics. Sign up for a sustaining monthly pledge. 
thank you to our existing patrons and that will give you an ad-free podcast feed and so much more all right thank you so much we so appreciate you yes we love you we With have reverence. reverence for you <laughs> if we could get our hands on you you would feel some reverent touch all right PleasureMechanics.com. What am I saying? I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure mm-hmm. and reverence. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs>